If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another WTF1 podcast, That Time When edition. Today, we are reflecting. Of course, we're reflecting towards Austria. And this time, it's the 2016 GP that we saw round there, a race where title rivals Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton battled it out for the victory. Now, I am joined, of course, by our resident founder guest who knows everything about formula one that's why he's part of that time when it's of course <laughs> tom bellingham Doo-doo. how you doing tommy i'm good thanks yeah this is one of those races that feels like not very long ago but is actually many many years ago Six now years ago. and there'll be a lot of fans that weren't uh, watching in this era and to me it feels like a couple of seasons ago but yeah it's actually six years six years ago um, of course pre drive to survive so uh yeah that's kind of where we put our that time when pre our youtube is... channel oh no yeah, yeah this started, was before yeah. it was born maybe you were having conversations about which presenter uh, should be uh <laughs> heading the brand new wtf on youtube channel yeah, at this point probably but... would have been about this time you know Exciting. either way what was formula one like in 2016 let's take a look back if we want to if we can because this was the Mercedes domination era. Mercedes had dominated the last uh, two years, uh, of course, looking at 2016. And uh, they were even more dominant the year that we're taking a look at. (laughs) I know. I love how we, obviously, there are eras, aren't there? There's the Ferrari era, there's the Red Bull era, there's the Mercedes era. But the Mercedes era was was really bad. Yeah, oh, really bad. Yeah, I remember... I know the joke happened at uh, the the most recent Grand Prix at Silverstone where science obviously got pole and then the TV cameras didn't show the rest of the people uh, that were still setting their laps. But that is what genuinely used to happen in this era because Mercedes would just, it was only them two. You know, you wouldn't even get a moment where someone, unless they crashed or something happened where they like, it'd have to be absolutely bonkers for them not to win. And yeah, it would be qualifying sessions and it would just be a case of Rosberg and Hamilton. One of them could screw up a lap and be half a second, six, lose six tenths in a lap and they'd still be second easily. Usually and, Rosberg, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, the the thing is, normally with the regulations, obviously this is the start of the hybrid era. So we had 2014 was when it came in and Mercedes dominated. Normally the teams catch up. 2016 was actually the most dominant era of Mercedes um, madness. They were somehow even quicker. And up until the Austrian Grand Prix and a long time after this Austrian Grand Prix, they had won every single race apart from the one where they crashed into each other at the start of Spain and Verstappen won. Um, if that hadn't have happened, they, and I think Ricardo, yeah, Ricardo won in Malaysia, they'd have won every single Grand Prix of a how many race season? 
21 race season. They won 19 of a 21 race season. And then the only one really, um, well, we'll probably save Malaysia because I think that could probably be quite a good that time when anyway. Certainly. Uh, Unless you're a Hamilton fan. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, I actually did remember or forgot to say that it's that time when Nico Rosberg didn't turn right. Usually I say the the title at the start, but here we are. We're mixing it up, keeping it fresh. But yes, it is that time when Nico Rosberg didn't turn right. So ahead of Austria. Which one? <laughs> he said it a few times, but the Austrian version. Yes, the Austrian. <laughs> Not uh, the Monaco one. Uh, version. Uh, so yes, so Rosberg started the year with four straight wins. And we're thinking Nico Rosberg. What are you doing, mate? And it just sent it back then. It used to be a trend, didn't it? That Hamilton used to take a few races to warm up, and Rosberg absolutely took advantage of that and had 141 points compared to Lewis Hamilton's 117. So you'd think with four straight wins, if it wasn't such a domineering era for Mercedes, he'd probably have more than a 24 point lead. But that was the way in which. Mercedes were that they would just usually one to it, but uh, Nico Rosberg was uh, absolutely smashing it, and Hamilton just picking up the points behind. Yeah, Hamilton had a lot of misfortune at the start of the year, uh, punted by Bottas in Bahrain of all people. Back when Bottas was at uh, Williams, who'd obviously be his future teammate, um, a lot of gearbox issues this season as well uh, that plagued uh, particularly Hamilton, where he'd get a five-place grid drop, and this would happen a lot throughout the season um but yeah nico had won four on the bounce and he'd actually won the previous three of the last season because hamilton actually dominated 2015 like rosberg was nowhere near and actually looked like vettel might even somehow finish p2 in the title in the ferrari and it was like right another season hamilton's gonna walk this uh don't worry he he always has a slow start to the season but then you're like actually nico rosberg's having a a blinder here. Um, but then Hamilton started chipping away again at his, his lead. And at this point, uh, Rosberg's won five races and Hamilton's won two. But only 24 points clear. Uh, it was yeah. Rosberg at this point. Um, so let's take a look at qualifying then, shall we? And it was a bit of a mixed up grid, although on pace, it still should have been a Mercedes 1-2. But uh, we... Uh, had a Rosberg penalty, but it rained at the end of Q2, meaning a wet start to Q3. Uh, but there was a drying track, and yet there was still a Mercedes 1-2, <laughs> Hamilton taking pole uh, from Rosberg. Nico Hulkenberg, doing Nico Hulkenberg things sometimes in qualifying, uh, rocking up in his Force India, and uh, managed to get onto the front row due to the Rosberg penalty. Uh, and Pascal Verlein, a uh, shout-out to him as well, a brilliant P12 in the manner. I mean, the manner was like the Hass of, well, maybe not as bad as the Hass of 2021, but not far off, was it? It was uh, very much a back, uh, back running team. Um, probably was about as bad as the Hass. You reckon? Uh, yeah, well, maybe not far off, but this was an unbelievable weekend for Pascal Verlein, which we'll talk about later, which is crazy to think his career didn't go in the way you expected. If you'd have said that after this race, it would have been quite surprising to find out that he just did nothing and ended up in Formula E like every other failed Formula 1 driver. <laughs> Savage. Um, but yeah, Nico Hülkenberg, it was to, to show the sign of Mercedes dominance, uh, the Q3 time, Hamilton was on pole with a 107.9. 
Rosberg was second with a 108.4. Again, half can be half a second off your yeah, teammate yeah, still, and still, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then Nico Hulkenberg was third. Uh, with a 109.2. So Hamilton what? was over a second clear of the next quickest car. Um, such was the the dominance of Mercedes. And it, and it's quite fitting that the two drivers that you know for a drying track, those wet, dry conditions, are Jensen Button and Nico Hülkenberg. And they're the ones that put in some brilliant laps. And after Rosberg and Vettel both had five-place grid penalties, it was actually... Yeah, Hulkenberg on the front row and Jensen Button in third, which is wild because he was in a McLaren Honda. The, the <laughs> terrible dreadful. McLaren Honda. Yeah, absolutely dreadful car. He snuck into Q2 by uh, six thousandths of a second. And then because of the wet dry, which is his jam, isn't it? Uh, the drying track, very much Jensen Button conditions, popped into uh, what would be a P3 in a McLaren Honda where... I mean, that car was dreadful. We all know the memes about them. They were appalling, like genuinely like backmarkers. So um, very bizarre to watch the highlights back of this race and see a McLaren Honda running so high because I think, I'm pretty sure this is probably the only race that ever happened. Where they were anywhere near the front. No. GP2 engine, GP2, as we know. Yeah. Um, but yes, yes, a button had a, an unbelievable qualifying, was very good in changeable conditions, as we saw many times throughout his career. Uh, so now we turn our attentions to the race, the race start, and Nico Hulkenberg doing typical <laughs> Nico Hulkenberg things of qualifying really well. He was on the front row of the grid for the Austrian 2016 Grand Prix, and he fell back to, I think it was fifth by the fifth by time, turn one. By the time it was in turn one, the shortest uh, run. Like the <laughs> Austria is such a short run, and uh, Hulkenberg managed to end up fifth by the first turn. Yeah, yeah, he got absolutely swamped. So that meant that Jensen Button got up to P2 in uh, the McLaren Honda, otherwise known as just you know, pretty much a bicycle uh, down the straights. But uh, he still managed uh, an amazing, uh, amazing start. And then, yeah, they're all jostling for position. I think Vettel had a very uh, sketchy moment. Yeah. Uh, after the the straight, where I mean, I don't know how he's managed to to keep that car from not spearing into the side of a of a Red Bull. Um, but uh, yeah, Hulkenberg back to fifth, and you just think just at that Nico point, things. Oh, no podium. Yeah. yeah, what a golden chance! And he's just like, no, don't fancy a podium. I mean, I feel <laughs> for the guy because there's going to be, and he'll probably be mentioned a lot in that time when, um, for all the jokes aside of not getting a podium, I genuinely think. He is one of the best drivers uh, ever to not score. I, I would say even score a victory, never mind a podium. It's insane the amount of people that have scored podiums uh, in Formula One. And a driver as good as Nico Hülkenberg hasn't, but it was just never meant to be. It wasn't, which is, uh, which is a shame. Uh, I completely agree. You know, that so many occasions he had such great midfield drives and would finish P4, P5, but never ever was there a crazy race where he turned up at the same time. Uh, so Joe Perez, believe. for example, is, uh, so Hulkenberg was in a force India, uh, obviously qualified P3, which uh, would be P2. Uh, Sergio Perez was his teammate, qualified 16th. So, yeah, yeah, handy driver. And obviously, Sergio is a very good driver as well. And, um, yeah, just never, never happened for Hulk. 
It did not. Um, so on lap seven, uh, Kimi Raikkonen finally got through on the uh, very slow McLaren Honda of Jensen Button and managed to get up to P2. But the big talking point and the big moment uh, was only lap 11. So this was when uh, in the era of ultra softs, softs, mediums, <laughs> yeah, all these great. different colors of tire compounds. Um, but yeah, Rosberg went for a very early stop uh, on lap 11 uh, to try and do something miraculous to get through the field. And it turned out to be quite the miracle uh, because once Hamilton came into the pits 11 laps later, after a slow pit stop, Rosberg took the lead, which I'm sure really, really made Hamilton happy. Yeah, they'd obviously planned it where Ross uh, Hamilton would make it out ahead of Rosberg, but the slow stop, they, they, they do run such fine margins with these things, don't they, where they leave it to the last possible moment because the computer tells them that it takes three seconds to do a pit stop and this is the exact uh, part you'll come out on the track but sometimes you know one or two seconds in the pit stop seems like such a short time but then when you relate that to formula one distance on a racetrack it's obviously massive and um one thing i would say about this is this season oh my god if f1 twitter existed during the 2016 <laughs> obviously it did to a point um, but certainly not to the level that it that it is now. Uh, Hamilton's misfortune a lot of the time. Uh, I I was obviously, well, we both would have been on Twitter back in the day, but didn't know each other at the time really that well. But um, I remember reading replies to Mercedes tweets throughout this whole season because it did seem like Hamilton got a lot of the misfortune, um, slow stops, gearbox penalties, whatever. Uh, more gearbox penalties uh, and his car letting him down. Um, so many replies from Hamilton fans this season that's like, oh, they want a German driver to win in a German team and all this kind of conspiracy <laughs> theories, like like they'd sabotage Hamilton for the, for the title and they wanted Rosberg to get one. Um, it's just unlucky, but uh, yeah, Rosberg ends up in the lead despite starting way down in six and Hamilton must be thinking like, oh, someone he had in his back pocket last season it's like he's here again and yeah. he's beating me again <laughs> and they are of course or were of course um you know rivals they were best friends uh, but then they you became were, yeah. uh, they were also rivals of course uh, on track uh, throughout their karting career as well uh, so the next big talking point although uh, there was a, a moment that probably worth mentioning where pascal verlein got massively blocked by one of the renaults um when he was trying <laughs> to make an overtake where he literally was just weaving over around the track which a mag um, being k mag that was yeah that yeah. was uh yeah quite quite the interesting um decision there from k mag um but yeah then we take a look at lap 27 uh because there were a, a safety car came out where sebastian vettel was doing his own little strategy he was on the soft tires uh he was going quite long uh but then on lap 27 boom his tire explodes game over and it was on the pit straight, I think, uh, going down towards turn one. And yeah, completely stricken. I think it was his right rear that exploded. And it brought out the safety car. Uh, so that, of course, changed things again. Yeah, Vettel was staying out. He was actually in the lead at this point because he hadn't pitted all the way to lap 27, like you say. And yeah, it was quite, quite the dramatic failure. Just literally went bang, which wasn't the first time that we saw Vettel have Tire failures in the Pirelli era. Um, Pirelli said it was caused by debris and not, nothing to do with them, of course. 
which we heard a lot. <laughs> We've heard a lot during the Pirelli era. Um, but that's what they believed, uh, that you know it wasn't a, a tyre failure. This obviously wasn't that many years after Silverstone that year where the, all the tyres were blowing up. And we'd seen a few times where people had tried to push the Pirelli tyres a bit longer and they just, rather than uh, just losing performance, they just go bang. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And then it bunched the order back up. Not that it made that much difference because the Mercedes were miles quicker than everyone else. So it didn't really matter. Um, but I guess you could say that it was a bit more, despite a crazy qualifying where you had a Nico Hulkenberg up there, McLaren, Honda up there, two, two Mercs, two Red Bulls and a Ferrari. So kind of normal service resumed. Normal service did resume, yeah. You had Rosberg, Hamilton, Verstappen, Ricardo, and then Raikkonen, your top five. Uh, where do you think Vettel would have finished had he not had that uh, tyre blowout? Oh, maybe on the podium. Uh, yeah. Probably ahead of Raikkonen. Um, what, one thing that was it, like slightly weird watching the, these highlights is it was very weird to see Verstappen as Vez in the time yeah, he put yeah. Ver on this, but he was VES because obviously Jean-Eric Verne used to be in Formula One. Uh, and had already taken that. Um, and it's very weird to look back now because we're so used to just the, on the timing tower. But uh, this happened was Vez, which is very old weird. Vez. Uh, also worth mentioning that Felipe Nazar, which was uh, a driver <laughs> that was very confusing when Felipe Massa was also driving, uh, was uh, was fighting for seventh at this point, uh, which in a, in a car that certainly wasn't... Um, probably belonging of being there. I think Jensen Button was uh, fighting him at that point in the McLaren Honda after his uh, very decent uh, qualifying. Uh, but then when we get to the second stops, uh, Hamilton actually pitted first, um, but didn't manage to get any sort of undercut on Rosberg. So Rosberg then pit a lap later, considering, you know, he had 10, 11 lap younger tyres, uh, older tyres, sorry, than, uh, than, than Hamilton. Uh, he did a pretty good job to, to maintain the lead. So Rosberg legitimately, with the same almost the same tyre life, uh, had a straight fight now with, with Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton actually messed up his outlap slightly. He had the, it's hammer time, the, which happened a lot in that era, uh, but did run slightly wide. wasn't a huge mistake, but obviously enough, Rosberg had a quick pit stop and could stay ahead. He could indeed. Uh, Verstappen led for a bit, uh, but was eventually passed by uh, the two Mercedes, uh, on newer yep. tyres, and uh, that's pretty much everything up until the final few laps. The where, incident. Where it all kicks off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if Hamilton starts closing in on Rosberg, which is you know a very common occurrence, I think, when Hamilton was behind, he seemed to have better race pace. Um, but yeah, Austrian Grand Prix, he was closing in at a, a rate of knots, and on the final lap, had uh, one of the most controversial incidents between uh, title rivals in quite some time. So Hamilton gets out of the out of turn one pretty well, gets a good run uh, down towards what is technically turn three, I think. There's a yeah, because it's a kink that's but turn two, which right is very confusing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Hamilton all over the back of Rosberg, who's clearly struggling. And as you know, it's a very tight right-hander and Hamilton tries to go around the outside and Rosberg just doesn't stop he just does <laughs> he just keeps the steering wheel straight for the longest time at the apex yeah. is nowhere to be seen there's no apex whatsoever nope. so 
So then the two the two drivers make contact and quite big contact to be honest. When that happens, I'm like, wait, who's in third? Who's going to win this race? Because uh, yeah, Rosberg basically pushes Hamilton off the track. Not too dissimilar, obviously much more aggressive than what we saw between Verstappen and Leclerc in the sense of one of them went off the track and then basically was incredibly eager to come back on. Uh, but yeah, Rosberg continued on the lead for a moment, but his front wing completely exploded. Toto Wolff also nearly exploded uh, the front <laughs> desk uh, yeah. of one of those Mercedes. This must uh, have been one of the first things where that meme really took off, right, with uh, him banging on a desk. It's been one of the first incidents, but yeah. You mentioned the Verstappen-Leclerc thing, actually. I think, fanboy alert, but I think the reason uh, the Verstappen one's different, and, and this is the same, actually, to obviously we're doing this after Silverstone uh, and the the Perez-Leclerc-Verstappen, a lot of the racing that they did there, they're, they're at least going into the corner and then running the apex wide, whereas if you watch this move, Nico Rosberg, it's it's such a bad attempt of trying to do that. You know, he could have, I reckon he'd have got away with it if he'd done a Verstappen, where all he has to do is squeeze at least start start turning, yeah. squeeze him wide, make sure he doesn't get back off uh, and, you know, stick to your line. Um, but it's the fact that he just completely drives straight and it gets to the point, Hamilton's actually quite clever with this, I think, um, because he turns in, he doesn't let Nico just get him going straight well, I mean, where else is he going to go at that point you know well like, he could was... go he could go straight on but then it's ruined his race so yeah um obviously he turns in and then it, it's it's clear that when hamilton is turning because it's a corner <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you're meant to do um they collide because rosberg's just driving straight on um like it's a straight and not a corner it, it was dread- it, it was dreadful. It's like his, control- it's like his controller's there. disconnected, and he's just it, going genuinely. Straight uh, he goes in a bit too deep, and just completely shafts Lewis. It, yeah, it's, it's very different in the sense yeah, of yeah. Where, where the you know, there was actual proper contact and and how <laughs> screams obviously- a driver like Nico. To me, it screams uh, someone that wants to do that kind of the Stappen, uh, Leclerc style hardcore racing where you're like pushing them off but doesn't really know how to do it properly and he's just made a pathetic attempt at it and it just looks ridiculous <laughs> it just makes him look like an idiot basically it really does um so yeah rosberg it was not his finest hour by any stretch of the imagination and in fact did drop some positions as well i also love i love the panning shot of that, all that chaos had happened. They pan round to what turn four, and Perez is in the wall, just <laughs> sitting there in his force India. Yeah, after, yeah. I don't even know, maybe a brake failure or what. But yeah, he just I think it was. He yeah. completely did not slow down whatsoever on what would have been. Uh, it wouldn't have. Been, it would have been his penultimate lap because I guess he was just ahead of the leaders. Uh, but yeah, so Rosberg had massive front wing damage. Uh, you had what was it Verstappen, Ricardo, Räikkönen? They all went past. Oh, just for Stappen and Raikkonen. Oh, I was just for Stappen and Raikkonen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Ricardo was just behind uh, on, actually on the podium um, after because Rosberg got a penalty, didn't he? He did. He got a post-race penalty. So um, Verstappen and Raikkonen get through on the final lap on the final few corners as Rosberg's like limping back to the pits. Obviously, Hamilton wins. Verstappen and Raikkonen are really close at this point as well. Because did he go to the pits? Surely went just over no. The sorry, line. Uh, goes yeah. uh, like limping back line, to yeah. the across the line. Uh, Verstappen and Raikkonen. Uh, cross the line to finish second and third. 
Daniel Ricardo uh, doesn't quite. Uh, is still like a way back, and then Rosberg finishes fourth, and he's given a ten-second time penalty, which doesn't change the result at all because mm. Nico, uh, sorry, because uh, Ricardo is fourteen seconds behind him. Yeah, so it's one of those penalties that doesn't really make a difference. So the stewards deemed Rosberg to be at fault, which he was. Um, it's terrible driving. Uh, Toto <laughs> Toto Wolf didn't obviously blame either driver. Uh, which he wouldn't, I guess, but called it brainless and was really very angry at the end when he was speaking to Ted Kravitz and saying, you know, we could have had another double DNF here. Uh, It was an easy one to what are they doing kind of situation. I mean, Um, when they look back at the season, oh no, anyway, sort of thing. Yeah, I know, right? I think that was the the argument that they're in a very, um, well, this is probably not a great example, but say that uh, the Ferraris keep colliding um, they'll just tell them they can't race or like the Red Bulls or whatever um, because it's a close title battle between two teams. Um, you know, Hamilton and Rosberg's advantage in that Mercedes, they could have done this four or five times in the season. I mean, Hamilton, uh, we all know Nico Rosberg won the championship, so no spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> 385 points. Lewis, 380 points. Daniel Ricciardo, 256 points. Yeah, so they could have lost a, a, a big old amount, couldn't they, yeah. really? And it wouldn't yeah, have been yeah. any problem whatsoever. Hundred and Yeah, 130 points clear. So. Also worth matter. mentioning, uh, no, it didn't matter. Also worth mentioning that uh, Pascal Verlein, who qualified 12th in the Manor, managed to end up finishing P10 and scoring a point for Manor, which was absolutely enormous at the time for uh, such a, a backmarker team. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, a yeah. huge shout out. Thanks uh, to Perez as well. Yeah, like that, yeah that's what. It. That's what got him that point. Pascal Verlein's, yeah, I mentioned it earlier. It is crazy to think that he was the, uh, particularly after this drive, a lot of people were like, he is the future of Mercedes. People were talking about him like George Russell, like Ocon uh, as well, actually. If you think that there's one point where Ocon was uh, said to be the the next one waiting in the wings at Mercedes, and he was the, the hyped driver that was like, oh, you know, if he can do that in a manner, yeah. what would he be like in a Mercedes or he's going to be in a good good team at some point and it never really uh, worked out for him? No, it didn't, which is a shame. I think he would have been pretty decent in Formula One uh, in, a, in a better team, uh, but we will at least not find out anytime soon. I don't think there's any rumours of him coming into Formula One anytime. Um, okay. So, yeah, other things to mention. Hamilton was booed on the podium. Yeah, dominance. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? Every 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 driver that does well, it's a shame in Formula One, isn't it, that people boo success. Yeah, people boo we, people being good. It's I know it's strange. I know it's can be boring when people dominate, but it's not their fault. <laughs> yeah, just slow down, be be worse. Uh, and at the end of that, Hamilton closed the gap to eleven points, but as we know, it didn't really matter because he lost the championship. So I'm no, sorry if you it was a, a twenty sixteen season <laughs> review, but and we've ruined it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, because Nico Rosberg doesn't tend to talk about him winning the twenty sixteen title very much. No, does he doesn't. He? I don't think he's ever um, mentioned himself as the twenty sixteen <laughs> world champion, has he? In equal cars, beating Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an interesting stage of the championship, though, because uh, Nico Rosberg in the interview afterwards, you can tell. He's he's basically being like, well, I dictate the corner and all this. You can tell he doesn't. You know, when you watch someone and they don't believe what they're, what saying, they're saying, and, you, and yeah, a hundred percent with this. So he knew he'd messed up, but 
because it was all part of these mind games that he played to get in in Lewis's head to uh, help turn the championship. Um, but after Austria, Hamilton would go on to make it four wins in a row. So by Germany, he does have a title lead. Um, then he, it's funny actually. This season it is. Nico Rosberg wins a load, then Hamilton wins a load in a row, then Nico lo- wins uh, a load in a row, and then Hamilton <laughs> wins a load in a row. Like it, there was never like a back and forth. It was always like chunks, dominant yeah. chunks of spells. So um, yeah, I'm sure maybe we, maybe we do about like Malaysia or something if people want us to go more into this very intriguing season, even if it was just two Mercs miles ahead of the field. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there'll be a that time when Lewis Hamilton tried to back up Nico Rosberg to win the title somewhere in the locker as well. Yeah, yeah, um, that was a so, very interesting finale. A uh, very yeah. forgotten about finale, I'd say as well. Yeah, amazing stuff. Well, thank you, Tommy, for giving us your, your thoughts and feelings uh, on that 2016 Austrian Grand Prix. And thank you to all of you for listening as well to this That Time When podcast. Hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to send any, any suggestions as to what you'd like us to talk about next. And that is pretty much it. We will see you very soon for another That Time When. Bye-bye. Bye.